It's children of the night. <laughs> what music they make. Uh, are we still talking about Dracula 2020? Goddamn motherfucking Dracula 2019. <laughs> it, w- it's, it was made in 2019 or something, but the all the official stuff I read on it said it was released even on BBC One in 2020. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know. Hmm. In any event, listeners, you know what? You're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that uh, talks about a horror movie and we'll spoil that horror movie. And um, recently watched, we'll try not to spoil. We're not professional critics. We don't claim to be. We're not professional podcasters either because no one's paying us. No. If you want to pay us and make us not say that anymore, we'll work that out. Um, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Amazon or iTunes where you can buy it digitally. Say hello to them on um, the Facebook? Facebook. Yeah, or Instagram. They're probably on there too. They are the Moon Dash Rays on uh, Facebook. So that being said, um, did I forget anything? Casper mattresses. <laughs> no, they're not paying us. <laughs> uh, or what, what are some of the other popular ones? Uh, uh, something fresh? <laughs> uh, yeah. Warby Parker or whatever. Is Warby Parker doing uh, podcast sponsorships? I have a feeling they would. You know who should sponsor us is Shudder. Shudder should. Because we watched this on Shudder. Uh-huh. And we're subscribers, so we're a horror movie podcast. What else do we need? Sponsored by Shudder and Casper Mattresses. <laughs> yeah. When you're just laying and back. Hello HelloFresh. <laughs> there it is. It was HelloFresh. <laughs> when I was uh, like uh, horror radio shows back in the 40s and 30s, it was like slow burn charcoal. Yes. Oh, is that what they talked and about? Smooth cigarettes. Fatima uh, cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. What was the deal with the. They, they wanted to battle having a scratchy throat. <laughs> and, yes. you know, the best way to avoid a scratchy throat with your cigarettes don't smoke them. Mm. I'm not being judgmental. Some people, I don't know, can't get away from the damn things. There's I, a great uh, fake ad at the end of. Uh, once Upon a Time in Hollywood with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, Rick Dalton, advertising red apple cigarettes. Oh, nice. And it's no throat burn. That's what it's it smooth is. Smooth smoke. No and then at the end, they were like, cut. He's like, this cigarette's awful. <laughs> <laughs> red apple, that, that appears in a bunch of their movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's in all of his yeah. movies. It's even in Hateful Eight. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I understand that the Red Apple cigarettes are in there. Is the movie just too long? You don't want to watch it? I just haven't gotten around to it. Hmm. I was a little burned out on Tarantino after... Uh, um, what the hell is that movie? What was the one before that? Glorious. Uh, no, oh. uh, Django Unchained. Okay. That's oh, the one that yeah. I didn't care for. Felt that it went on too long, and so when... Hateful Eight rolled out, I was just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I get you. But I've watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood twice now and went out and bought a disc. Wow, you don't do that very often. I do not buy movies very often. Yeah. But I had a gift card for Christmas for Target. (laughs) Thought, why not? And you said, I know how I'm using this thing. Yeah, I'm getting some socks, a cutting board, and a movie. (laughs) You know, the new listeners don't know that I'm Richard, and I'm here with you, Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. And uh, since we did this last, which was about a week ago, what did you guys watch? Um, I'll go first. I watched You Season 2. How is it? I liked it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Trash, (laughs) but it's fun. Um, Oh, and we started Season 4 of The Magicians. (laughs) 
which uh yeah kind of over yeah has that great frog costume. yeah i was telling jolian before we came over here uh that the the budget looks really reduced for this season and it looks like uh star trek the next generation like maybe their first or second season oh like ooh, this is low budget back when people thought the effects looked good but that was only compared to the original series yeah and then in retrospect we look back and say "Ooh, those effects weren't very good those first couple seasons yeah they've got kind of a tadpole frogman creature and he looks so rubbery and mm. fakey that's too bad yeah but yeah whatever he's, he's just roaming around bronson canyon looking for a fight yeah <laughs> i watched that show yeah i would too. yeah <laughs> fight yeah. me with tadpole frogman i think that's all i watched that's not a lot either no you've been me. busy yeah i've been working all week and then uh i don't know i watched some bad cooking shows you but kind of really count how to cook badly or just badly done shows no it's called uh worst cooks in america oh i've seen that I, I cannot i cannot recommend the show because it's written by morons and it stars morons it's got to star morons how how hard can it be to cook yourself a meal oh my god these people are amazing um <laughs> i mean seriously there was a man who wanted to make uh he made tuna salad but he put uh raspberry jam in it sure. and he was like i i think it gives it a nice sweet flavor <laughs> sure it would um there was another gentleman who tried to make <laughs> spaghetti chocolate spaghetti didn't have any chocolate but had m&ms melted them down oh and put them all over the spaghetti um another woman was making something she needed duck fat for which i really think she needed duck pate but she kept saying duck fat could not find either duck pat fat or pate what is the closest substitute you say miracle whip gummy bears <laughs> <laughs> so she made these little like crumbly looking slider sandwich things with gummy bears in the middle so how wow. do these, these shows get made because like they must put a call out they do across the nation yeah are you really really bad at cooking and you uh, you have to wonder because some people are like they bring things in and it's like dog food and whatnot You're like, mm, they didn't get on the show i imagine that was fake i mean you never know what's real on a reality show but uh you know, some of the people are like, ooh, this one gentleman in his uh, little interview, he brought something in he called hippie balls, which were like <laughs> broccoli oh, and cheese or something. And he opened it and the the hosts were like, oh, God, that smells like a can of farts. <laughs> and he took a bite and then he started gagging. And he was not fake gagging. He was actually like, they're not so bad. Ooh. <laughs> They're okay. <laughs> he was gagging on his own balls. On his own balls. <laughs> wow. So he's a contortionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I like watching that. Well, sure. Why wouldn't you want to watch that? <laughs> you know, and they say things like, how do these people even, you know, live on their own? Because hmm. how have they not burn the house down yeah, or starve to death? Right. They bring their dates home for a meal, and that's the end of it. That's why that is own. exactly it. Yeah, there was a guy on there who's like, I, I want to get a date, but I can't cook. You know, you know what? The whoops, the big failure here is that people don't take a job in restaurant work when they're in high school. Yeah, because I think you have to have at least a good solid couple years to get yourself started. Yeah. And some people, you know, maybe they they have someone good in their life that teaches them, but I worked in restaurants for seven years. My mom was a really good cook, but I didn't really help her much. I didn't learn how to cook until uh, college, and I decided that I couldn't eat out at Taco Bell one more time, <laughs> and that I could make my own food You didn't want to cheaper. die that way. <laughs> yeah, and better. And so I just slowly learned how to cook things. Yeah. This was before YouTube. Yeah, this was before YouTube. But they have these things called cookbooks. Mm. They have recipes. And if you follow them, the food usually turns out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Jolene, did you ever work in restaurants? Oh, yeah. When, when I was uh, in my late teens, uh, I had this job where I'd work you know, at night at a restaurant out on the edge of town. There's all sorts of shenanigans going on. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, so, but in the kitchen, you know, I was doing the, like, the washing up. 
Oh, okay. And it was just me and the chef, and he was this crazy Spaniard. And his favorite movie for all time was Zombie Flesh Eaters. Oh, wow. So we kind of bonded over that. Yeah. Nice. But every so often, this guy would just freak out. Because, like, whatever was going on in the front, the the manager, who was this awful little man, would always come back and take it out on him. Mm. So he, th- this rage would build up, and it was kind of like Forty Towers. Yeah. And then every <laughs> so often, he'd just pick up this cleaver and just attack anyone who was, who was near him, which was usually me. Uh, but uh, I, I was handling all these pans, which were, like, red-hot pans. Yeah. And I, I could just, like, hold them up as a shield and, like, <laughs> you touch me and you're marked for life. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how I made. It doesn't need to be that way. <laughs> that's how I paid off my grant. You know, so. right. Well, all right. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I would say violence in the kitchen is not that unusual. Probably not. Yeah, I have my own story about that, but uh, save that for another time. <laughs> I never worked food. Uh, well... I will say that it's it's good for the people who did that they did it. Mm-hmm. And my my thought on this is every high school student should have to take their senior year or maybe junior and senior year. Maybe they should do junior year in restaurants and then senior year in retail. Ooh, yeah. And you won't go out and be a human monster at yeah. either one of those environments for the rest of your life. Right, right. Hopefully. Because you, you know what they go through. And I always thought that if you didn't want to go to school, you could be forced into digging ditches. Oh, yeah. That would work, too. Because you'd you'd want to go back to school real quick. Yeah, I've done that, too. That is the worst work, (laughs) other than maybe roofing in the middle of the summer. Oh, Oh, yeah. I've done all of the above. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I must be a sucker. (laughs) You must be, because, yeah, ditch digging is... Well, you have no choice the family you're born into. I know. we We were born into construction, specifically concrete but we also did other stuff and uh yeah trench foundations or a trench to put a footing for a foundation Uh you know that's the kind of stuff that you know that's perfect for a 14 16 year old yeah it is here's a shovel just dig along this line that we made and um when you're done you're done and you're not done till you're done i had to lay a gas line which it has to be the same level all the way yes across and oh was such a pain. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, down there with like a trowel trying to dig out a couple inches here and there, fill mm, yep. bits in. And, yep. It's terrible. And the guy comes out and he just looks at it and goes, mm, not yet. Nope. Still, <laughs> like, still wrong. How do you know? You didn't yeah. even check. Yeah, where's your tape measure? So I imagine the listeners are wondering what the hell's going on here. <laughs> Jolien, what have you watched? Oh, wait, what, what do you watch? You didn't see much. I only watched, um, I watched some television and I can't remember any of it being horror related at all. Or... No Bigfoots? No UFOs? No, not lately. Um, I did listen to a lot of podcasts while I was doing stuff around the house. Um, I, I listened to uh, Godzilla versus Monst- uh, Monster, Monster Podcast. Yeah, yeah, Godzilla vs. Monster Zero podcast. Yeah, that was fun. And you said there was the episode with Dana Gould on it. That is awesome because we got to support our peeps, and Dana Gould's one of them. And of course, Godzilla, you know. <laughs> He's <Have> a you... <laughs> peep. <laughs> he is. <laughs> um, yeah, that. that uh, anything that's got, you know, monster movies, horror movies, UFOs, Bigfoots. I don't listen to much of the real murder stuff. I listen to more wrongfully accused stuff. Okay. Um, a lot of people talk about shows like My Favorite Murder or whatever. And I don't know, man. I, I think there's enough awfulness going on in the world. I'd rather yeah. mine be fictitious. My favorite one for like a well-prepared, well-researched podcast is the Val Luton one. Oh, yeah. I, I need to yeah. listen the to The final episode one. of that one should be out pretty soon. Oh, yeah. It's really amazing. And uh, Katrina Longworth did a good job. Uh, talking about him on You Must Remember This, which was another good one. So what what have... Okay, so all I've watched since last time was The Lighthouse. All right, so I, I did see Bigfoot. Really? Uh, you know, you... I, uh, the prime and uh, golden age of Bigfoot is like 1970 to about 76. Yeah. And then uh, other creatures took over. Um, so uh, I, I, I found the first one. Oh. Bigfoot from 1970. Ooh. 
This is directed by Robert F. Slater, who also directed The Hellcats, a <laughs> uh, biker movie. Um, and uh, Oh, I've seen that. This shares some of the same cast. And, oh, man. Uh, all right. So uh, there's a lot. Uh, I wrote it out. Uh, so this is also known as Big Foot, two separate words. Uh, Big Foot and the Rock Band. <laughs> right. Bigfoot, the biggest monster of all time, and uh, King Kong's son. Wait so, a minute. Biggest monster of all time? How big is Bigfoot? He's big. He looks seven feet max Yeah. in this movie. Now, the the smallest that King Kong's ever been represented was about 25 feet tall. So, all I'm saying is Bigfoot is one-fourth... Are you questioning the veracity of this movie? <laughs> Bigfoot is about 23% on a good day, as tall as King Kong. On a good day. On a good day. Soaking wet, hanging from a tree branch. <laughs> so, so anyway, speaking of King Kong. So the plot of this is big feet need women. What, what uh, about Bigfoots? Bigfoots, okay. One of them is... Uh, Batman one, need women. <laughs> one of the women is a uh, pilot, uh, jo- Joy Landis. Whose uh, Cessna has crashed in the forest, and this is somewhere up in uh, California. Okay. Supposedly in Northwest California, but it's actually filmed in the Hollywood Hills. Mm. Um, so her Cessna crashes in the forest, and like most pilots, she's wearing short negligee under her jumpsuit. Oh sure. Well, yeah. Uh, another woman is Chris, who's the girlfriend of Rick, who's a member of a shiny biker club. Mm. Uh, the bikers team up with a pair of itinerant salesmen, Jasper B. Hawks and Elmer Briggs who see capturing a Bigfoot as a get-rich-quick scheme, and uh, a Sioux man named Hard Rock, whose arm was torn off by a Sasquatch. Ooh, wow. Uh, the Big Feet offer up joy to a bigger foot who lives further, further up the mountain. Because mm. the Big Feet are like human height, and then bigger foot is like the seven, eight-foot guy. Okay. Uh, and one of the Big Feet is a hybrid of a previous Bigfoot slash kidnapped victim. Oh, there's Ooh. some. Uh, which which also comes up in that um, Willow Creek film. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so the location work is in Northern California, and there's also some obvious studio work. It looks like they walk onto a Star Trek set all of a sudden. Uh, um, <laughs> nice. Usual blend of nothing happening and people talking about nothing being there. You know, what do you expect from Big Feet movies? Yeah. Uh, not much suspense as the big feet are outnumbered and the mob are armed with guns and self-exploding dynamite. Hmm. Like at the climax, they throw it throws a bundle of dynamite and without lighting it, and it just goes off. Impact. Um, yeah, it was very unstable. So this is the it first. Be, uh, that would happen. <laughs> this is the first Bigfoot movie. Um, so this was made in '69, released in '70, and the the Patterson Gimlin film was '67. Right. And the term Bigfoot was coined in 58. Right. Huh. There was some, there was some uh, work site out in the woods and, and they found these big footprints around. And friend of the show, Bob Gimlin. <laughs> By the way, he is a friend of the show. Friend of the show, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yep. yeah. So we are only one degree of separation from Bigfoot. From himself. Sasquatch. <laughs> yes. Um, so the soundtrack is by Richard Podolor which consists of uh, bluegrass themes for the country folk, uh, fuzz guitar grooves for the bikers, and a plodding detuned number for the big feet. Uh, kind of reminds me of that theme. Um, have you ever seen... Um, Jaws? The Man with the Flying Guillotine. Mag- Master of the Flying Guillotine. Yeah. It's got, they use that Noi track in it. Okay. Um, called uh, Super. And uh, it's this kind of... Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that, but like kind of acoustic version of that. Huh. Um, it's kind of neat. Um, producer is Anthony Cardoza. Oh. Producer of Beast of Yucca Flats. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Uh, so you know the level. I think this is better than Beast of Yucca Flats, actually. What? I'll stick my How could out. anything be better than Beast of Yucca Flats? <laughs> Francis oh. Coleman was a genius. <laughs> wait, till, wait till I get to the cast list. Okay. Uh, uh, Anthony Cardoza, he also plays a fisherman in the movie, and he supplied the Bigfoot voices. Oh, wow. Hmm. So was it just grunting and roaring? or Yeah. So there weren't any words? Yeah, and they couldn't afford to take Cassidy. Hmm. Um, the budget was $325,000, shot in 25 Damn. days, and you wonder where the... Uh, <laughs> 
where the money went straight up their nostrils. 24,900. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, straight up their nostrils is where that money um, went. You can bet on that. Yeah. Um, apparently, people reported like seeing their producers and that driving around in new cars. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while they sat there, yeah, not being paid. That is a wild um, amount of money. All right, so check out the cast. Jasper B. Hawks is played by John Carradine. Oh, man, it's got a Carradine in it. Uh, he's, and this is his second King Kong slash eight-man flick following Half Human. Uh, he was also in Hillbillies in a Haunted House, which has a gorilla in it. Mm. Uh, that was in 67. And that was the exploitation movie that nobody likes. <laughs> yeah. If I, yeah, if I remember right. Um, Just watch Spider Baby. So he's the he's the traveling yeah. salesman who's trying to like make a quick buck. And, um, my favorite line of his is, uh, "Well, I'll be a two-headed calf." Hmm. Uh, he also says, "That sure enough is Bigfoot, the eighth wonder of the world." Hmm. At, at the end, he says, "It wasn't you, Mister. It was Beauty that did him in." Oh, oh really? Man. Wow. Okay, Joy Landis, the uh, pilot with the negligee, is played by Joy Lansing. <laughs> Um, she was the dancer at the start of Touch of Evil. Oh, okay. And uh, she was a background babe in a lot of films. She's not not credited, but she was in Singing in the Rain. And um, she was also in Hillbillies and Hoyt House. Wow. And she was in the greatest music video of all time, which was uh, Web of Love. Wait a minute. <laughs> Web of Love? It was like one of the Scopitone films. Oh, okay. Huh. Uh, oh, I, I'll, I'll put up a link for it when I post about this on Facebook. But yeah, it's great. Not to be confused with the Brian Ferry song. Oh, no. Years, years ahead of him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got nothing on that. Okay. So he learned from them. Is yeah. That what you're saying? Joy Lansing. Okay. Um, all right. Chris Mitchum plays Rick. Uh, Chris Mitchum is son of Robert. Okay. Uh, I was going to make that joke, but wow. Reality, huh? He's he's pretty dull here. He was much better in... Uh, he's, he's done a bunch of films with uh, John Wayne. Uh, in fact, in 1970, he was in Chisholm. Oh, okay. Uh, which is really good. Uh, and Chris Mitchum started out as a second assistant director, and they wanted to get uh, Joel McRae's son, Jody, to play Rick, but uh, he wouldn't do it. So oh, they, okay. So they roped in Chris. Well, all right. All right. Uh, Elmer Briggs is played by John Mitchum, who is the younger brother of Robert. I was going to say. Uh, Rick's girl, Chris, is played by Judy Jordan. She was in the Jackie Gleason show. And uh, she was in the Be- Beverly Hillbillies. Wait, who was she in Beverly Hillbillies? Um, Wait. I, I've never seen it, but she was in it for a while. Man, you missed out. Um, okay, what was the actress's name? Judy Jordan. Judy Jordan. Let's find out who that is. Judy with a Y? Judy, Judy, Judy. Judy Jordan. Um, who the hell's that? I don't recognize her face. She must have been a child. Uh, let's see. Let's let's go. Judy Jordan, Beverly Hillbillies. <clears throat> because, yeah. You've never watched a single episode. Uh-uh. Oh wow. man. I think you're due. <laughs> do they meet Bigfoot? They do in season two. All right. Oh, you mean Judith Jordan? <laughs> Judith Jordan. Okay. Let's see. Who was she? And well, she wasn't Allie Mae or Grandma. Well, that's true. Uh, and I'm pretty sure she wasn't Jeb. Oh, she was in the Boatniks. Oh, man, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. She played Patricia Switzer and Babs in Beverly Hillbillies. Hmm. Yeah, the Boatniks. Switzer. Are, are you familiar with this one, John? No. <laughs> 1970. Um, right, right on the... Uh, when beatniks are really hot. Yeah. 1970. Yeah, 1970, you know. <laughs> this was the golden age of Phil Silvers. <laughs> Phil Silvers was in everything. Poor Phil Silvers. Oh, yeah, I know. It was a Disney movie. Yeah, it was um, pretty terrible. Tommy Kirk was in that, wasn't he? Oh, uh, let's see. Or was that after they had gotten rid of Tommy Kirk because he was gay? Oh, yeah, that was the homophobic um, heyday of Hollywood, wasn't it? Yeah. Let's see. Who? Tommy Kirk. Tommy Kirk. Don't see him. Uh, I figured he would be in that, but I think that was a little late. Yeah. There was a star-studded cast anyway. So the Boatniks, do you care? Do you want to know what the Boatniks was about? <laughs> Not really. Okay. No. We'll skip it. 
We'll skip it. If anyone wants to know, they can they can look it up. All right. Um, one of the biker women is named Haji, and she's played by Haji. Mm, really? From the Russ Meyer movies. Wow. Completely wasted here. Worse than in uh, Don't Make Waves, mm. where she turns up <laughs> at a party. Um, Hard Rock is played by Noble Kid Chisel, who is also in Hellcats. And he's he's been in bit parts in loads. He was in uh, the 1940s Mummy movies. Oh, okay. Uh, Wheels. Wheels? <laughs> Wheels! Is played by Lindsay Crosby, who's a son of Bing Crosby. Wow. Um, but he has good stories about his father. <laughs> uh, Forest Ranger is played by Doodles Weaver. Mm. Doodles? Doodles Weaver. Doodles Weaver. He was a children's host. Yeah, he was a comedian. He was a writer for Early Mad. Yeah. Oh, uh, Bennett is played by Ken Maynard, who is a Western star in the 30s. Uh, you can see a poster of his in the general store in, in Bigfoot. <laughs> um, Sheriff Cyrus is played by James Craig. Don't know. Uh, he was a star. Um, he was kind of, especially in the 40s when uh, Clark Gable was off at war, he was brought in to play the roles. Oh, okay. He kind of like Clark Gable. Um, he was a star of uh, The Devil and Daniel Webster. And he was also in uh, Venus Flytrap, also known as The Revenge of Dr. X, hmm. which is this amazing movie from 67. It was written by um, uh, Edward Jr. wrote a script in the 50s, and then oh. they took the script and then they made this thing in uh, in Japan. I think Toei Studios made it. Really? Yeah, it's bizarre. Wow. Um, and James Craig appeared with John Carradine previously in 1942 in a western called Northwest Rangers. Hmm. <laughs> so and, Bigfoot. Yeah, and the Bigfoot costumes were made by the wife of Mickey Rooney Jr. <laughs> you know, as as I'm clicking on this and it's filling the screen, you said that and I'm like, who made this? Who made this delightful costume? Man. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was made made from um like fake furs brought down from Massachusetts apparently. Oh, really? They had to bring it in from somewhere. That looks like a real Bigfoot so, they scanned and stuffed yeah, a man That's in. probably Joy Lansing he's carrying around. Yeah, it looks like it, uh, according to the other photos I saw. Um, so uh, I, I looked this up in uh, Psychotronic and uh, it said it was the second worst Bigfoot movie of all time. So ooh. I thought, ooh, what's number one? <laughs> what is it? Uh, Curse of Bigfoot. Um, mm. So Curse of Bigfoot is this 75 movie where well, they shot new footage around a 1950s movie and pretended it was the people in this movie looking back on an incident that had happened to them. The original movie is this 59-minute-long film called Teenagers Battle the Thing, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. Ivanpa. Um, this is directed by Don Flocker and uh, written by James Flocker. Um, so this, this was uh, done in 1958, um, the same year as the term Bigfoot was coined, and uh, had a limited release in uh, Upland, California huh? in 1959, and then disappeared, and then wow. just turned up as this footage in... in um, uh, Curse of the Bigfoot. Yeah, the Curse of the Bigfoot. Um, so it's, it's about this team of archaeological students and their tutor who's named Bill Wyman. Huh. From the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah. And they go digging... And they find a Pithecanthropus erectus mummy. And uh, then they, they carry it back to, it's kind of like mummified in clay. And they uh, carry it back and they put it in a shed near their school. And of course... It comes to life. Uh, I think that's one of, one of the influences of the original thing. They, they put it in the shed and they put a blanket <clears throat> over it and then it revives Later used by the Scooby-Doo cartoons. <laughs> there's always the caveman in a block of ice. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, there's one kid named Norman who's like left to look at it and, then, and it twitches and he runs out and no one believes it. Of course not. I, I think I've seen this movie. movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, it uses library music from the uh, Valentino Production Music Library, which turns up in, uh, you know, lots of different things. Yeah. Um, there's a so you've got a nice bunch of white kids with short back and sides, and they're named things like Norman, Johnny, Roger. <laughs> uh, they say things like, "Boy, I could go for a bottle of pop." Sure. 
Just like kids would in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not terrible, you know. It's obviously made by people who've never done anything before and a bunch of people aren't being paid to act in it. Yeah. But you um, know who looks like they have some experience with this thing? The guy who did the poster. Wow, the poster. Oh, that's Bigfoot, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what were, what were we yeah, on? We were, we were talking about the curse of teenage, Bigfoot. Teenagers, oh, the, teenagers about all the thing. Oh, sorry. Reincorporated into Curse of Bigfoot. Okay. But that the one you were talking about previously, Bigfoot? So that's John Carradine there. Oh, I see. He's got a shotgun. Joy and she's tied up to a post and has a lot of cleavage going on. It's all illustrated. So Bigfoot has a motorcycle. It's Judy Jordan. Oh, nice. She could have been Marianne on Gilligan's Island. Um, Bigfoot's got a motorcycle held above his head. There's a cop in front of him shooting a machine gun very poorly. I mean, he's not hitting anything. It looks like he's shooting the motorcycle. America's abominable snowman breeds with anything. <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll put these. I've got these images ready to go on uh, Facebook when the, when this episode gets posted. Oh, that that's great. Um, so anyway, uh, teenagers battle the thing. Um, so the first victim, and turns out the only victim, is a babysitter. Hmm. Which I, I don't remember a babysitter being knocked off before in a movie pre pre nine fifty eight. Yeah, maybe in film noir. Dinner. No, I don't think that because uh, there was a babysitter that went missing in Wisconsin, I think, in 56 or 57. And that was a big, uh, you know, basis for the the mm. whole the calls are coming from inside the house sort of thing. Okay. Even though that wasn't what happened in the story. But, right. you know, um, so the, the hominid runs off and hides in an orange and lemon grove. Um, and the. The kids set up a, a trap to burn it in, so it's similar to the thing again. Um, but it, it feels like, a, a, you know, at Herschel Gordon-Lewis movies, it would, yeah. it would set up the camera so it frames everyone who's going to talk in a scene, lets the scene play out, then move on to the next scene. Yeah. There's a lot of that, but the, then again, there's there's like some montage bits where it's kind of like, uh, you know, Soviet cinema, like low-angle close-ups of people oh okay yeah every now and then but um yeah so uh, uh that's quite quite fun to see um so that's my my bigfoot films bigfoot wow. you really took a deep dive on the bigfoots yeah well i think i've seen the best of them now <laughs> all right so i watched the lighthouse and that was that was it for me um i don't want to go into it at all because uh we're going to talk about it next show right I hope so. Yeah, we should be able to knock that out. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson in a movie directed by Robert Eggers. So that should be good. Mm. So guys, we watched One Cut of the Dead. Yeah. Yes. How did you like it? I liked it a lot. I mean, you both recommended it, and I watched. I recommended it. it yeah. Yeah. Uh, can we can we really spoil this one? I'm, uh, I'm almost against spoilers for this one. See, this and I'm I'm usually not. This struck a chord with you, obviously. A spoiler. We, we should, should say that it, you have to sit through. You have to sit through the first thirty-five minutes. Yeah, or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, you have to. The first half hour is what you're expecting from the title. Yeah. Right. And then the second half hour is kind of goes back. Yeah. But you have to sit through that. It's, it's fairly dull stretch. Yeah. But you have to see it because it sets up the last third, which is brilliant. Yes, yes. I really like the second part, though. I like the all, all the characters. I liked how the uh, the director was very timid compared to his character in the movie, the movie within the movie. Yeah, and he's obviously working stuff out when he goes. Wild. Totally, yeah. I love when he just jumps out and he's like, "Action!" <laughs> You know, the uh, rehearsals must have been, oh, it's been endless. Evidently, yeah, looking this up, they uh, they got the one take for the first of the movie on the second take. Wow. But the cameras failed. Oh. Oh, and it dude, took them, really? It took them four more tries before they got it right again. Man, so, that's, that's but crazy. But they had to do it through th- do one take six times. Yeah, there's no breaks there. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a oneer for real. Yeah, 
That's yeah. crazy. And there's a Russian Ark, which is like a whole feature film in one take. We oh, go man. through the St. Petersburg Museum and various things going off. And yeah, they're, they're, I think they got it on the third try. Wow. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Doing just something one thing take. Yeah. Did you guys look up how much money this thing made? Yeah. This, this got a record. It's like one of the few films that's made a thousand times its budget. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely bananas. And they're making a, an English remake. Or an American remake. And there's, there's a kind of sequel as well. Oh, is there? Yeah. Um, uh, One Cut of the Dead spin-off in Hollywood. Oh. 2019. It's a 59-minute TV film. Oh, okay. Where the, the, um, the girl from it is now a uh, blonde waitress named uh, Holly. And she's working in Hollywood when zombies attack. But... In that's the film they're making, and they then they have to fake that they're in America because they can't. Oh, okay. Get there, so. Yeah. yeah so. The, according to um, the ever trustworthy Wikipedia, this movie was made for well three million yen, but um, twenty five thousand dollars American would be the the um, would be the what do you call equivalent? It? The equivalent. Um, Cast of unknown actors, so on and so forth. They had to pay. Yeah. They paid to be in the movie because it was some sort of conference that they did. And then uh, this this was like the final product of the conference. Well, the return on their $25,000, they got um, about $30.5 million worldwide. Wow. That is stunning. <laughs> <laughs> they're do- You know, they're doing something right. When uh, they can say, you know what, let's make something really fun. We'll just use unknowns and rehearse it really well and just go for it. Yeah. Uh, it goes to show that that all that other crap, you know, just like when we've compared the battery to other things that had huge budgets, this is this is proof that if you've got a good idea and good people and a lot of rehearsal and, and um, you know, people well, who care. Also, yeah, um, this, they, they finished it and they just showed it at some art cinema. You know, is basically a, like a, a master's project. Yeah. From some film class. Yeah. It? And uh, and you know, and that was it. They didn't expect anything else. Then it played at a uh, festival in northern Italy, uh, Udine or Udine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And uh, the audience really liked it. It got big votes there. So yeah. When it came back to Japan, <clears throat> it it started playing wider, and huge audiences started turning up. I well, it deserves it. It's pretty good. Yeah, this would be fun to see with an audience. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, this it, was uh, this I heard it recommend that uh, like it was the guy's second favorite movie of uh, of twenty nineteen. <laughs> the Lighthouse being his favorite. So wow. yeah, Who that's that? great. Do you remember? Uh, Jay Bauman, he's on Red Letter Media. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's what made me want to see it. And then it's great. Thankfully, it was on Shutter. So yeah, go Shutter. Um, the first 30 minutes just go to show. Don't believe your lying eyes. Yeah. You know? Because there's so many weird things. You're like, why are they doing this? Yeah. yeah <laughs> what is going on? Why did the camera go to the ground like that, you know? Yeah. And like I was telling Jolie and I, I knew there was a, a twist in it. That's all I was told. So I kept trying to think of it. And I was like, well, maybe the cameraman's a zombie. Is that right. going to be the twist? But No. I, I had no idea about the twist. I oh, was, okay. I was expecting the whole movie to be this one take. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting, too. Yeah. So, like, then, then the credits roll, and you're, like, half an hour in. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. And then, then, there's, then there's that middle bit, and you're thinking, where's this going? And then it then it pays off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. This is a movie that, you you know, you have to sit and pay attention to. And that first 30 minutes is a little rough, because some of the acting's not, I mean... They're not acting well. They're, they're pretending to not act well. Yeah. They're, yeah, it's really bold Yeah, to do that. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of bold to do, you know, you, to make your audience sit through that first 35 minutes of the movie and, and then have it pay off where, you know, I could see it being more conventional. They, they would have played it sort of the middle part and then maybe showing the making of, you know, but I think you know, the only way it really works is to, to do how they did it. You mm. know? Yeah. 
And I would say so far we've been mild with the spoilers, but if anybody's listening to this, that's already seen it. Well, that's already seen it. We're good. But if you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it and you want to see it and you don't want it spoiled, good idea would be stop listening, watch the movie and come back because, yeah. um, you can get a free trial of shutter, not through us, but through some other podcasts, but you could get a free 30 day trial for shutter and just watch the thing and see what shutter's all about and decide that you must subscribe, spend your six bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Five, five nine, bucks. Yeah. Five ninety nine. It's either four ninety nine or five. I think it's four ninety nine. That is money well spent. Yeah. So yeah, the premium streaming service shutter shutter. <laughs> Are we sponsored by them yet? We should be give us money. Yeah. So, so let's go ahead and do spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. Yeah. So if you're going to, if you're going to opt out of listening to spoilers, opt out now. And go get your free trial of Shutter. Come back and listen to this. But guys, this this was cool. The way they, um, I mean, it's not even like clever, like Memento kind of clever, or the out of sequence Pulp Fiction kind of clever. This was a different kind of clever. Yeah. This lets you, like I said, let your lion eyes tell you everything wrong, and then you get to see you were being lied to. Yeah. You, you were being tricked, and that all that stuff you thought you saw happen. You know, that was very cleverly orchestrated by a, by a great crew. Yeah. And how cool was that when you, when you're like, oh yeah, well, how'd they do the guy's arm? Oh dude, they just went off (laughs) camera for a second, strapped the appliance on him and, you know, squirted him full of blood. Yeah. You know, like how did, how did they take the dude's head off? Like all this crazy stuff. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. That was really good. Especially considering they fumbled it. And had to recover it. <laughs> the only thing I didn't get was uh, the camera. There, there's a fight right after the minivan scene. You know, the camera falls to the ground. Right. Well, when you see in the third act why it happened, I still didn't understand what happened. Why mm-hmm. the guy fell down and yeah. someone else had to pick up the camera. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out what happened to him. Why the first cameraman couldn't get back up. Mm-hmm. He looked like. I don't know, did he hit his head? It was, that was the only part of the movie that I felt was unclear. Right. You know, but, uh, yeah, you, you learn things like the one guy who wanted to leave at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Irritable bowel syndrome yes, guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> you think he just wants to get out of there because of the zombies, but no, it right. turns out he's really got to go to the bathroom. And the drunk guy. Oh, the drunk guy was great. Yeah. It's like he didn't even know he was in a zombie movie yet. <laughs> he was so he was blind drunk and made up and didn't even know it. Yeah, they're having to manipulate him from behind, aren't they? Yeah, that was a really brilliant scene when the director's <laughs> moving him like a puppet. Yeah. I thought that was great. I, I didn't buy the uh, crane shot thing. I wish that Oh, the human pyramid deal? Yeah, because that's just such a big thing, you know, as everyone's coming together and getting this film done and yeah. getting that final shot. And uh, it, it just, uh, it's a different shot to the one you see in the first third. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't quite buy that. But. No. And- yeah, and the one girl keeps falling off and it's like, ugh, nothing's really happening. Like, why do you keep falling off of there? That seemed... Well, yeah, she, was, yeah she, she couldn't keep her balance, and that's why they had to keep extending yeah. that first scene. Yeah. So, so really, um, they, were, they were improvising from the get-go on this thing. Yeah. And uh, to believe that a water reclamation plant would be haunted or cursed or whatever just seemed a little silly. You know, it's something that would probably have been built in the 70s. Well, they I, said it was World War II. Yeah, oh, did they? Yeah. yeah oh. So it was it's, quite... quite daring for them to say it was a human experimentation oh yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah yeah, it was a world war ii era water treatment plan i guess well i guess that makes more sense yeah the the human experimentation units in uh in in the war were uh is is an agricultural unit that was that was the okay oh i did not know about that yeah and I know the Nazis did a lot of crazy stuff, but I, oh. I didn't know they did in Japan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, Unit 731 <clears throat> up in uh, Manchuria. Oh, weird. What kind of stuff? Was Terrible it really... stuff. Was it? Yeah. Like, real awful? Like, real bad. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of... The, uh, a lot of it was experimentation with what the human body could take at different temperatures and uh, levels of oxygen and oh. pressure uh, for, for research into, you know, flight. 
Oh, wow. Um, and the difference between them and the Nazis were the Nazis weren't that scientific about it. They were more obsessed with proving their own purity. Right. And um, racial, you know, looking into racial purity, but fixing all the facts to suit their own beliefs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was junk. The, the Japanese were doing it scientifically. Ooh. And uh, so what happened after, after the war, the, uh, the, the people, you know, the officers in charge became heads of pharmaceutical firms. Of course. The material was brought back to the States, in fact, not far from here. And uh, uh, it, because it was, it was, you know, scientifically done research. Yeah. done in an appalling way. Sure. But it was useful to the, uh, you know, the rocket program and flight programs, etc. Well, yeah, because you know that if you put somebody in some capsule or some fuselage and launch them at 700 miles an hour, it's like, well, we already know what they can handle. Mm. Oh, that's completely insane. But yeah, you're right. That was bold to even mention it. Yeah, because, yeah, it's big trouble. And, and they, they've they had Godzilla movies where they refer back to the war dead and things like that. And it's been oh, a big yeah. uh, scandal. They've had to change things. I guess when you go to Germany, they've pretty much scrubbed all evidence of, except for when you go to places like Dachau or Auschwitz. I guess they've scrubbed everything free of, of uh, reference to the Nazi era. But they will teach about it. Oh, okay. It's not mentioned in Japanese textbooks. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I've heard like if you take a tour in Germany, it's like they won't talk about it. But if you go to the places that are historically uh, pertinent, you know, they will talk about it and you will see the actual sites. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's such a... It was only in recent history that we learned about um, the the camps here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I didn't even know about it till. Probably the 90s. Um, well, it's pretty well known in Colorado because one of the big camps was here. And, yeah. the, and yeah. the mayor at the time was, you know, he, he went up against the establishment and, and did good things for them. Yeah. Oh, good. So a lot of them decided to stay here, which is why we've got a bigger Asian population here. Oh, that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, Ralph Carr. Ralph Carr. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't so know. It was against... The, uh, the internment camps. The internment camps, yeah. Yeah, man. Now we have a big uh, judicial building downtown named after him. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you can still tour the site. Yeah. Where, how far is it's it from? Down in the desert. Oh, sure, of course. But like 50 miles, 100 miles, do we know? Um, I'm not really sure where it well, is. I'll consult Google later on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was a, a POW camp for... Uh, German prisoners uh, near Lordsburg, New Mexico. It's a little town near me, near my hometown. <coughs> they, uh, <coughs> when I was in high school, some kid there found a, a skeleton of a German that evidently had escaped and tried to get out in the desert and oh, wow. didn't make it. Wow. Yeah. He's like, hey, there's a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. He's out digging around in the desert and he found a skeleton. Oh, that's insane. Wow. So um, so this thing, though, uh, on a lighter note, <laughs> let's talk about flesh-eating zombies on a oh, lighter note. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we, we, get through, we get through the paces of most of what we've seen, and then it's like, oh, we're, we're all really impressed with how this went. Um, is there more they could do with this? Is, is there any way that they can do a sequel? I mean, is there any need? Obviously, there's no need for sequels, but um, we know we know the premise is pretty unique. There's been similar things done, but where can you go with it from here? Um, well, that that follow-up film seems to be a conventional film, so it's not a one-cut okay deal. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that that would be the only way I can imagine that they would be able to do it. Because otherwise, it's like trying to trying to reinvent this, trying to catch the lightning in a bottle a second time. Yeah, I wouldn't movie. try. No. no, yeah, that's why I'm nervous of an American remake. Ugh, don't like, just don't. How are they going to screw it up? The Ring, the Eye. Yeah, the Ring was all right. It was, but you know. How about the new Crudge? I heard that's awful. 
I don't know that one. I it mean, just came out, like uh, a remake. Yeah. A I, remake of a remake. I usually just disregard those. Yeah. Like, did you guys ever see Shall We Dance, the original Japanese movie? Yeah. It was amazingly funny. It was such a good, charming, just sweet mm-hmm. movie. And it's like, oh, we're going to remake this with uh, Richard Gere and J-Lo. I've not seen that one. Me neither. Why would you? What a horrible idea. <laughs> it's just just rude. Just watch the original. Speaking of bad movies, did you read any of the reviews for Doolittle? No, is it horrible? Robert Downey Jr. film. I read a review that said that while watching it... They would rather be watching got, Cats? No, the guy said <laughs> that he wondered if cinema in itself had not been a mistake <laughs> oh, God. and that maybe all movies were really terrible because that's how bad Doolittle was just wow. made you question the whole concept of cinema existential crisis yeah read wow. some there's a there's a pretty good article out there that like captured all the bad super bad reviews for it I, I saw one, one headline of a review which said uh, this is our penance for Endgame oh man <laughs> Yeah, it sounds it sounds terrible. It sounds really, really terrible. I really want to see Cats. Oh man, I, yeah. I kind of do too. <laughs> I heard Cats is the new Rocky Horror Picture Show midnight movie. Well, they've decriminalized shrooms, at least here in Denver. Yeah, mm. is it statewide or just it's just locally? I think it's just Denver. Yeah, so shrooms and cats sounds All good. Right? <laughs> Why not? Sounds yeah. like a cooking show. <laughs> right? Shrooms and cats. <laughs> Have you ever watched um, Nailed It? No, I don't believe so. You should watch that one too. Okay. Another yeah. cooking show? A bunch of jocks hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of inept morons who can't bake. Oh, nice. Yeah. And they're given a very specific target to try to hit. They're like, okay. Okay. Here's here's the cupcakes with the likenesses of like whatever holiday creatures on them. You're each going to run and pick one and try and replicate that. You've got all the ingredients. There's an iPad with the recipe to make the cake, whatever, to make the frosting, all that. They show them a video on how to do the decorations. Go. And it usually looks like someone smashed it with a boot. Oh, man. And then tried to smush it back together into a shape. Oh, It's pretty amazing. Joey, and you remember Cake Rex? Yes. Yeah. It it was inspired by Cake Rex. Okay. All right. Yeah. So where were we on One one Cut of the Dead? I don't know. It's one of those good movies that we can't talk about. And we could, yeah, we could talk about it till we're blue in the face, but the truth is, listeners should watch the thing. Yeah. Um, uh, the actual, um, it's not translated from... The, the Japanese title would be Don't Stop the Camera. Yeah, Camera War Tomaruna. Yeah. For listeners who don't know, Julian, you um, you know quite a bit of Japanese. Uh, not not really. No? You don't but, think um, you do? I've seen a bunch of Japanese uh, zombie movies. <laughs> uh, like, so, you know, watching, watching this and expecting it to be like a one-cut but standard zombie yeah. movie, I thought, you know, oh, this is, you know, a bit above average, but they're not. They don't tend to be very good. Oh, okay. Junk and Stacy's a really freaky one. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, the Japanese haven't done a great zombie movie. Okay. So I wasn't expecting much from this. All right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, when it got to that that twist, it's like, what? Where's this going? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> You're like, what? It's over? It's not even forty minutes. Is it over? <laughs> I looked up the um, the release of the movie was an 84-seat Tokyo Art House Theater mm. with an initial theatrical run of six days. And, uh, of course, it was the runner-up at that um, Udine or Udine or whatever Far East Festival. Um, it received a standing ovation and the Audience Award. So that's pretty good. Yeah. That, that says a lot about it. It's a lot of fun. So um, it's also fun to go on IMDb and read the reviews of people who noped out before uh, the the twist, 
who say that it's the worst movie ever made. You know, never never reading the comments and never reading the reviews has been kind of a rule for me. I will scroll them sometimes on Shutter and and other streaming services, and people are idiots. Yeah, is my is my conclusion. Uh huh. The the one word reviews where someone puts it down meh. <laughs> oh, if I ever meet someone who does that, I will punch them right in the throat. I swear to God, meh, meh. Fuck you. Write something. Yeah, yeah. Or don't do it at all. And, there, and then there are people who do the same thing. They enter it like three or four times. Mm. It's like you clearly don't know how to use a computer. Yeah. And uh, some people who will take something that you know is good and say it's a boring piece of garbage. Uh, or they'll watch something like, um, oh, what was the uh, Season of the Witch, the Romero movie. It's like, yeah, it it's dated because it comes, was made a long time ago. It was made in the seventies, <laughs> you moron. Movie's so dated. Yeah, it's just a bunch of seventies junk. Yeah, because it was in the seventies. Not relevant to my life. Yeah, it's not relevant <laughs> to me hunched over my iPhone and walking into traffic like an idiot. Yeah, I love the reviews. It's not relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the brain trust that writes reviews like that, um, what have they ever done? I'm going to guess nothing. <laughs> Probably not. There's a, I mean, there's being snarky's big business on online, yeah. you know, with YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, let's be snarky about a movie. Things. Yeah. Yeah. It's big business. Let's be snarky about everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah, why do anything, you know, anything earnest? Just be, be snarky. It's easy. I mean, some of those that they've I've not watched them, but their runtimes of almost as long as the movie. Oh dear lord, yes, yeah, those are ridiculous. You know, like it's a ninety-minute movie, and you made a three-hour video, yeah, about why it sucks, right? <laughs> and you don't say anything more than this movie sucks over and over. Yeah, and, over and again. if you're right or wrong or funny or not, it's yeah. going to ruin the movie. Yeah. Because by the time someone's watched it, that you know that's their opinion, and the movie is formed by you, and and uh, you know it's all bad, and and they've seen most of the movie, yeah, but edited to make make it look really worse. Yeah. So here's a question: If you were to, for example, have some people over, show them this movie, what would you put with it? If you if you were to pick another movie or two to go with this, it's like you, you know, you're going to be. Uh, I don't know. Having a barbecue and everyone's going to be over for several hours and there's going to be movies on or something. Any ideas? I don't know. You could pair it with Shaun of the Dead, I suppose. That would be a good choice. Yeah. You could do... uh, Is this like a triple bill or something? Yeah, let's say triple bill. Uh, So if you start with this one and then Stacy freak everyone out and then um, Train to Busan. Yeah, I was going to say Train to Busan is a good one. Asian zombie triple. And if we're not sticking strictly to Asian zombie films, I would say The Battery would be a good one. Like if you were to do low budget and zombie. But it's a different tone, obviously. You know, it's not one's funny and the other one's a lot more grim. Yeah. There's some levity in it, but um, I like the, I like the idea of that where you've got combined. <laughs> if you could combine three movies <laughs> and have less than like the... The, the soft drink budget of some of this crap that isn't any good. Yeah. You know, I think that that's impressive and that's saying something. I'm trying to think of what is another low budget zombie movie that actually did a good job. Um, I don't know. One about <laughs> the living dead at night or something. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's not relevant. No. It's not relevant. That was, it's all dated. It's in black and white. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what yeah, what was the budget like sixty thousand on that one? I don't know. Sixty thousand in nineteen sixty seven bucks. And this one was twenty five thousand <laughs> in modern day bucks. That yeah. really does say something, doesn't it? Yeah. Also this was like the guy's second movie. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah, good. I, I couldn't yeah. figure out I couldn't find anything else he'd done. Yeah, uh, I I didn't look for the title, but I saw a couple places said it was his second film. Okay. So maybe his first film's not available because he was doing a Just conference a for this. Yeah. Even even worse than <clears throat> even worse than I thought. Um the budget for Night of Living Dead was hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. Wow. Big spender. Yeah. Yeah. 
What's that translate to today's dollars? Oh, that's a great question. So the director of this one was uh, Shinichiro Ueda. Oh. Okay, I was going to ask you how you pronounce his last name. Yeah, um, maybe this guy has a future. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think uh, we've seen before where somebody gets a great start and then they don't go anywhere with it. I hope this isn't one of those. I really hope that this guy gets the budget and gets the great scripts and, you know, casts the things. I don't, I don't know if the guy actually did the casting himself, um, but it would make sense that whoever did the casting on this, obviously they have an eye for picking the right people. You know, going forward, if they could just kind of at least recapture some of that stuff. He, um, he supervises the, the second one, the spin-off one. Oh, but, good. Uh, a different person directed it. Um, Nakazuma Yuya. Any idea where we can find it or no? It's not been subtitled yet. Oh. It, it was just on Japanese TV. Oh, okay. So it's brand new. Yeah, and it just came out last year. So. Super cool. So if if <clears> one <throat> cut comes out on disc, uh, then I'd hope it will be a extra or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, super cool. You can see the uh, trailer for it. Oh, okay. Well, at least we got that. There's a couple of different trailers. What was the name of that one again? Um, Hollywood Daisakusen is the Japanese title, which is a big operation in Hollywood. And uh, the title is uh, One Cut of the Dead Spin-Off. Nice. In Hollywood. In Hollywood. (laughs) And it's obviously not. Yeah. In Hollywood. That's the joke. Yeah. That makes it even better. Nice. I like that. Well, um, any other thoughts on it before we uh, wrap it up? And Just watch it. Yeah. I mean, it, we, this is one of the few times that we don't even have to do the little roundtable question of, do you recommend it? Obviously. Yeah. I mean, why, why wouldn't you watch this thing? It's, it's great. It's, it's so funny and so fun. And if somebody doesn't get or doesn't like the Japanese sense of humor, I think they could still enjoy this. Yeah. But there, there is a, there's a lot of like that sort of standard vibe of, of the Japanese humor that I've, you know, felt comes through on this. And uh, I didn't, I didn't think. What, what would you consider? Some of the, um, some of the slapstick sort of physical comedy. Okay, yeah. That's what I mean by that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, not necessarily how the joking stuff is worded, but there's probably some societal norms that we wouldn't necessarily understand like, yeah. like how you would like try and restrain somebody, but try to not touch them at the same time, <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, and how somebody realizes they've made a big mistake by disrespecting somebody who's their superior in the pecking order of making a film. Oh, right, that, right. There was some of that stuff that I kind of thought, well, if that puts you off or if you don't like that kind of thing in the movie, well, it's not even, gonna bother you how about the old lady who was the head of the television <laughs> what a face oh man yeah her face <laughs> yes. was crazy she was great though oh she was perfect i couldn't stop looking at her though like wow when when everything was getting improvised and they're like oh no and they're so worried about what she thinks and she's messing around with her phone <laughs> yes <laughs> she's playing words with friends or something <laughs> or whatever and i also like the uh the little uh bit about ghouls with tools that they talk about oh, yeah, in there they can't use an axe yeah, yeah. Like it, he can can he use an axe no no <laughs> and then yeah. she loses the axe and they had to hide one in the yard for her to find yeah hey look an axe <laughs> that was great i think she said like how lucky an axe yeah she in the subtitles she says uh, how lucky but she's actually saying uh, oh i can use this oh okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you always wonder. They like, underestimated how... our understanding of it. So that's that's the cool. it's close enough. Is is yeah. a is a pretty good uh, subtitling thing. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that was one of the cards in that um, board game called Zombies. Uh, the the one card was, hey, look, a shotgun, <laughs> <laughs> and that helps you get through whatever level you're on or whatever. But uh, yeah, man, that um, that cast definitely cool. Yeah. Yeah, the old lady was great. Um, yeah, the director was perfect. He was such a, you know, like two different people, depending on, you know, when you were seeing him. It was just great. Yeah. 
Well, um, guys, should we call it a show? Let's call um, it a show. Now, if we all get a chance to watch it before next time, which should be the case, The Lighthouse. Anyone who saw The Witch, Robert Eggers directed, wrote and directed, and did the costume design. Um, He also did at least two of those things on this one. And built The Lighthouse. He probably built The Lighthouse himself. (laughs) With help from Black Phillip. Yes. (laughs) He was pulling the cart. Yes. I think Robert Pattinson's character is just the equivalent of Black Phillip in this. I don't know. Oh, okay. We'll have to find out. Um, anything else before we get out of here? No, I think that's a good show. We're going to have to plan our Wintry 3 pretty soon, and then um, uh, Women in Horror Month will be right around the corner. Yeah. Um, Fellini's centenary on the 20th, so I'll be watching some of that. That's right. I've got... Um, La oh, Dolce Vita. Yeah, La Dolce Vita to watch. All right. Let's call it a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Palm.